right, let's open our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. We're talking about a strong spirit. And uh, this will be the last Sunday morning that I preach along these lines. However, on Wednesday evening, the series may go to that uh, evening because I know that I'm not quite finished yet. So in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14, it says that the strong spirit of the man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up and bear. And so we're talking about what drains us of spiritual energy. We discussed the fact that fear is a real drain. So you have to make sure that you keep fear under your feet. Have the attitude that I refuse to fear. Now today, what I want to look at is we need to eliminate the drains of being overly busy and being fleshy and just living lives that are just so busy and so overloaded that it's very difficult to really operate and to function well in our lives. So eliminate living life in the fast lane of busyness and fleshiness. We live in a very busy and a very tired society. And the reason why is people's lives are just quite frankly too full. Many are addicted to speed, not the drug, but the lifestyle. It's easy to get addicted to the adrenaline that busyness produces, going faster and faster. But we have to learn in our lives sometimes just to say no. I think this, rather than have a to-do list, we may need a don't-do list. Or a what matters most list. You know, oftentimes we take pride in our ability to, uh, uh, to uh, multitask. I want to encourage you, don't overestimate your abilities. Beware of the information glut that's out there. Somebody says, well, I'm connected, I'm connected. But what are you connected to? And so we need to make sure then that we uh, alleviate or relieve ourselves from all these time robbers. The Greeks had a saying, they said this. The Greeks had a race in their Olympic games that was unique. The winner was not the runner who finished first. It was the runner who finished with his torch still lit. I want to run all the way with the flame of my torch still lit for him. How about you? So then we cannot keep the pedal to the metal and expect to stay strong. You know, you cannot just continually work out in a gym, for example, and day after day after day because your muscles need rest. As a matter of fact, my muscles are kind of sore right now. I think I'll give it about a three-month rest. Ha, ha, ha. So we need to rest and recover so that we can go strong. So if you will show me a person who has a strong spirit... I will show you someone who takes time to rest in the Lord. Resting in the Lord. Some are too busy to take time to replenish their spirit. I heard this phrase this past week, and I like it, so let me share it with you. That people are stressed because they are so busy. Because they are so busy, they are tired. And they are tired because they don't know how to rest. In Psalms 127 in verse 2, in the NLT version, it says this, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, 
anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Aren't you glad that he does? Now, let's take some time here. That's a good introduction. But let's take some time to discuss how you and I can rest in the Lord. How do you do it? We know that we need to do it, but how do we do it? Well, look with me at Ecclesiastes, and notice with me in chapter 10, Ecclesiastes, the 10th chapter, and we're going to look at verse uh, 15 first, I think. Ecclesiastes 10, 15, then we'll go back to verse 10 here in a moment. In Ecclesiastes 10, 15, it says, The labor of the foolish wearies every one of them, because he knoweth not how to go to the city. Now, the message translation says this, A decent day's work so fatigues fools, they can't even find their way back to town. And then let's go back to verse 10. I think I messed up by giving you the other verse first. But notice what's with me this verse. If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then he must put to more, more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. Now that's a little bit blind to us. Let me read it to you from other translation. It says, if the axe is dull, and the man does not wet the edge, he must put forth more strength... The, uh, the today's Living Bible says, A dull axe requires great strength. Be wise and sharpen the blade. The message translation says, The duller the axe, the harder the work. Use your head. The more brains, the less muscle. How many of you know it's difficult to cut down a tree with a dull axe? And it's difficult to do life with a dull spirit. It's very, very difficult to go through this life dull. Being dull will drain you. And being dull will absolutely, positively cause you to miss divine appointments that God has for you. So we need then to sharpen our spirit, if you will. I I saw something during worship this morning that I want to share with you in Isaiah chapter 11, and you don't need to turn there, but Isaiah chapter 11 says this, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out his, of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Say it with me, the Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord. is resting upon me. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, The spirit of wisdom and understanding. When you keep your spirit sharp, you will have wisdom and understanding available to you at all times. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And here's what I saw in verse 3. And shall make him of a quick understanding. Make him of a quick understanding. I believe this, that we are sharp. We are bright. And the sharper we are and the brighter we are, the easier it is for us to be led by the Spirit of God and know what tree to chop down. Know what field to sow in. Know what paths to walk in. 
Too many people are wasting their time on trivial pursuits. I do not want to waste my time on pursuits that are trivial. I want to spend my time walking with Him, living for Him, and being directed by Him in the right paths. And in order for that to happen in your life and in my life, we got to be quick. we got to be sharp. We cannot afford to be dull. Amen. And so let us keep our axe sharp. Let us keep our sword sharp. Let us walk with him every day of our life and be of a quick understanding. And everyone said amen. Amen. So the question then today that we want to answer is how do we rest in the Lord? People are looking for rest in all of the wrong places. I submit to you this morning that rest is deeper than getting a good night's sleep. That rest is more than having time off. So where is it, Pastor Mark, that we find rest? Number one, by coming to Him as our source of true rest. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, it says... Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. Everyone say, I'm finding rest today. I love how he defines this rest. Relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quietness for your soul. And then in verse 30, I want you to read it with me. Ready, read. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Amen. I like how the message translation says this, and let me read it to you if we don't have it. In the message translations, it says this, Are you tired and worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And and then it says this, Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You see, the pace of God will always lead you to the peace of God. He says this, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That word, those two words, keep company, just raised up off the pages for me. Keep company with me. Spend time with me. Come unto me. For as you keep company with me, you will find true rest in me. Amen. Say with me, I will rest by keeping company with him. So what is this saying to us this morning? Number one, we are refreshed by spending time in the presence of the Lord. 
Let's just raise our hands right now. Let's come to him. Lord, we come to you today. You are our true source of rest. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Number two, we rest by waiting on the Lord. Aren't you glad we sing some songs today about waiting on the Lord? Psalms 46 verse 10 says this, Be still and just know that I am God. Be still. You have to work at being still. Have you found that out? But the scripture tells us and encourages us to be still. The Amplified Translation says, let be and be still. In order for us to get to a place we are, where we are still before the Lord, we have to let some things go. Amen? Have you ever noticed that you sat down to read the Word or you maybe listen to a, 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 D, a watch a DVD or listen to a CD and all of these distractions of my, uh, thoughts came to your mind? What is that? That's the enemy. That's the enemy trying to keep you out of the presence of the Lord. Because he knows that in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy for God's people. He knows that in the presence of the Lord, there's a peace that passes all understanding. And so these distractions come to keep us out of the will or out of the presence of God. I submit to you today, there's some things you just need to let go. Let go and allow God to quiet your soul so that you can be still and know that I am God. Here's what Isaiah says. Isaiah tells us, In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And then he goes on to say, And yet you would not. There are so many voices in the world. The volume levels in our lives can create distortion. But there's strength in being quiet. And there's fulfillment in being still in Christ. Look at Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 30. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 30. Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, we sang about the everlasting God today. The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint, neither is weary. Aren't you glad he's not? There is no searching of his understanding. Verse 29. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Let's keep that verse up there right here for a moment. You may be in that condition today. You may be weary. You may be faint. But the good news is this. He who is neither weary nor never faints gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might. Well, Pastor Mark, I just don't know whether I can make it. I don't know how I can go through the rest of this year. The way things have been, things are just awful. They're bad. Well, to them that have no might, he'll give you strength. But not only that, he will increase your strength. I'm telling you, there's an increase of strength. There is the availability of a strong spirit to those who will wait upon the Lord. Amen. Next verse, verse 30. 
Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31. But this is us right here, right? But they that wait upon the Lord, what's going to happen? There's going to come a renewal. There's going to come an exchange of your strength for his strength. He will strengthen you with might by the power of the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you. Amen. They, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with what? Oh, come on, guys. Wake up a little bit. I'm not looking at a congregation of turkeys here now. I'm not looking at a bunch of dead buzzards. I'm looking at some spiritual eagles. I'm looking at people, glory to God, they're going to soar in Christ Jesus through this year, through next year, right up until the rapture of the church. When you wait upon the Lord, get ready, brother and sister, you're going to mount up. Mount up. Mount up. With wings as eagles. Woo! Here's what will happen. You'll run. There's a race for you to run. You need to get weariness out of your thought life. You need to get weariness out of your vocabulary. Oh, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. We get it. You're tired. Do something about it. Spend some time in the presence of the Lord. Ingrid just said, go to bed. Get some sleep. The more tired talk you talk about, the more tired you're going to get. The more weary your lips are, the more weary your body will get. But hey, they that wait upon the Lord, they're going to renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run. I said they're going to run. We're going to run our race with patience and we're not going to be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. Look at your neighbor and say, no weariness here. I'm mounting up this morning. Glory to God. I'll not be weary. And I will not grow faint. (laughs) Number one, we rest in the Lord by coming to him. Number two, we rest in the Lord by waiting upon him. And number three, we rest in the Lord by getting away sometimes. I said getting away. Now here's what Dad Hagen said about getting in God's presence. He said as you spend time in God's presence, ministering to the Lord in praise and worship, it'll quiet your mind and strengthen your spirit. He said that's why spending much time ministering to the Lord will greatly aid you in developing your spirit. What does ministering to the Lord mean? It means to linger in His presence, to love Him, to worship Him for all that He is and for all He has done for you. It means to drink in of His glory and power and to let Him saturate every part of your being. As you spend time Just loving and worshiping the Lord, it's so much easier to quiet your mind and emotions and to focus on Jesus. Take the time to let your body become quiet. Let your mind be still. 
And he will do what he said he would do if you will do what he told you to do. And here's what he told you to do. If you will keep your mind on me, you will experience perfect peace. You will experience shalom, shalom. You will experience nothing broken and nothing, nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. Amen. Number three, sometimes we just need to get away. Here's what Jesus said in Mark 6, verse 31. And he said unto them, Come ye, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and had no leisure so much as to eat. I remember hearing this phrase years ago, Come apart before you come apart. Don't you know that the Lord is mindful of your need to rest? To recharge, to be replenished, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We must take the time to rest and replenish in order to be effective. Ingrid just said something about getting a good night's sleep. How many of you know that a good night's sleep is good for you? Sometimes that's all I need to continue a project. What does it do? It enables me to think clear and to have a better perspective. See, tranquility, getting away before you come apart, it will produce creativity in your life. Find a place where you can think. Find a place where you can pause. That doesn't mean that you need to get on a jet and go to Hawaii. That'd be nice. That doesn't mean that you need to drive down to Palm Springs. That would be nice. But there is a place of rest for you. There is a secret place that every one of us can go to. It's the Most High God. Your secret place might be in your closet at home. Your secret place may be at a park. Your secret place may be at a place where you just can sense God and feel His presence. You know, I have a good friend of mine that uh, has been preaching. I don't know how many sermons he's preached. He's probably preached about 10,000. I'm probably up to about six or seven in, in my lifetime. Uh, but he was going at it really, really hard and really, really strong for a number of years. And, uh, I mean, a lot of people have this attitude, you know, I'm either gonna, I'm either gonna rust out or what's the other saying? I'm either wear out or rust out. Well, we don't have to do either one. We don't have to retire. We can refire. But he was on a jet and he was on an overseas flight and, uh, he sat down and he just fell out. And when they got to their destination, the stewardess was just looking at him and asked him, what in the world are you taking? He says, I, have, I don't take anything to sleep. He says, I just slept. She says, how could you sleep? He said, I was tired. <laughs> and she said, this is the, she flew for a number of years. She said, this is the absolute worst flight we've ever had in the history of this airline. We thought we were going down. There was so much turbulence, so much bumping, so much going up and down and all around. And he slept through the whole thing. <laughs> and it was at that point, that was Bayless Conley. He said it was at that point that he understood and he realized that he was just pushing himself way too hard. And that he needed to step back 
and make sure that he was replenishing his spirit. And that is so important for all of us. Someone asked me the other day, John's pastor was over for Thanksgiving dinner. You know, John's almost 40 years old and his pastor is about 46 or 47 years old. And uh, I'm 68 years old, you all know that. And he asked me, he said, well, he says, do you, have you ever, do you think you might retire? And I said, well, you know, I didn't want to be a wise guy or anything like that. But I did say this to him. I said, you know, I take a little bit of my retirement every day. In other words, I don't push myself so hard that I don't have anything left in the tank to do what I do best. And here's what I told him. Here's what I do. I said, I've got a great staff. And I said, I do what I do best. And that's what I spend my time on. Amen. So that means I don't answer all the calls. That means I don't go to all the hospitals. That means I don't do all the weddings. I don't do all the funerals. I do some of that, but I don't do all of it. And what I've done is I've delegated that out to others so that the needs of the people can be met so that I don't go to a grave at 68 years old. I just refuse to burn out and to die early with unfinished business. And so that's very vital for me. And if it's vital for a pastor, it's vital for you. Because there may be some things in your life that you can take a look at and say, you know, this is good, but it's not necessary. This is okay, but it's not profitable. So you need to understand that. And you need to very, look very closely at your relationships and, and how you're spending your time and, and what you're doing in your life that is draining you. Every one of us in this room have drains. All I'm saying during this series is, is this, is eliminate the drains. Do what you've got to do to be rested and to, so that you're able to fulfill all that God's called you to do. Amen? Number four, we rest, and this is how we rest in the Lord. We rest in the finished works of Christ. Say it with me, I'm resting in the finished works of Christ. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews the 4th chapter. Hebrews 4, and we're going to begin in verse 1. He says, Let us therefore fear. Now that's not a spirit of fear. Let us therefore fear is a reverential fear toward the Lord. Let us therefore have a reverential fear toward the Lord, lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. What this is saying, rest is available, but it's possible to come short of that rest. And then in verse 2, he tells us what the dilemma is and why the children of Israel didn't enter into rest. In verse 2 it says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. In other words, the word went forth, but the word wasn't well received, so therefore it did not profit them. And it tells us the reason why. Not being mixed with what? Not being mixed with faith in them 
that heard it. It's so important for us to have ears to hear and eyes to see and never have the attitude, well, I've heard that before. I heard that last year. Well, you know what? I ate a hamburger last week, but it's very likely that I'll eat a hamburger this week. I ate some mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving Day, but it's very likely today I'll have some taters again. Faith, my friends, does not come by having heard. Those that think they have arrived in their walk of faith have not really even left yet. Faith does not come by having heard, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we see then that they did not profit from hearing the word because they did not mix faith with the word that they were heard. Now verse 3. It says, For we which have believed do what? We which have believed. Part of believing is an action. In other words, you do something with what you've heard. For we which have believed do enter into rest. Amen. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. You see, I believe this, that the highest form of faith we can have is rest. To rest in what he's already done. Now, if I'm going to rest and if you're going to rest to what he's already done, we better know what he's already done. Because if we tell people, well, you just need to rest in what Christ has done, and they don't know what Christ has done, they better find out what Christ has done. Amen? And we could shout for about an hour and a half on all that Christ has done. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has saved us. He has given us the Holy Ghost. There is so much that He has done. He has blessed us with spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that's why it's important for people to be knowledgeable of what He has done. So to rest in what He's already done, we need to know what He's already done. How do we enter into this rest? By entering in to what's already been accomplished for you. Listen to this statement. There can be no authentic belief without resting in what you believe is already done. Notice with me in verse 4. He says, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest on the seventh day from all of his works. Amen? Why did he rest on that seventh day? Because it was done. Because it was finished. Exodus says it like this. God worked and made the earth in six days and he rested on the seventh day. He rested on the seventh day after creating the heaven and the earth. He rested because it was finished. So he says, how does this this relate to us? This is a picture. This is a picture of Jesus. And of the things that would happen in the New Testament when the new covenant was established after the cross. Jesus on the cross said this, it is finished. It's teleo in the ancient Greek. It's the cry of a winner. Jesus had finished the eternal purpose of the cross. 
It stands today as a finished work, the foundation of all Christian peace and faith, pain in full, the debt we righteously owed to God. I submit to you this morning that Jesus Christ is our Sabbath rest. In other words, we rest in what He has done. In verse 6 it says this, Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Verse 9 says, There remaineth a rest therefore to the people of God. A lot of folks struggle with that because they don't believe that everything they need is already finished and just waiting to be claimed. You know, there's a great difference between legalism and grace. Legalism says we must try to finish what Jesus has completed. But the only work remaining for us is to simply enter into His rest. What does that look like? That means this. When you get a bad report, you find out what is already done. And then you say to yourself... Mark, James, Dave, whose report are you going to believe? Whose report will you believe? I think we all know the answer. We will believe the report of the Lord. And what the report of the Lord says this about your healing. The report of the Lord says, He has borne your sicknesses and carried your griefs. The report of the Lord says he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And with his stripes, you are healed. Amen. Here's what the report of the Lord says in 1 Peter 2.24. It says, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, and by whose stripes you were healed healed. Amen. So regardless of bad reports, always remember this, it is finished. It is done. You do not have to try to receive your healing. You just go to the word and you receive your healing by faith. And once you receive your healing by faith, enter into rest and refuse to worry about it. Amen? Don't stay up all night worrying about what the doctors say. Spend your time during the day and go to Jesus and find out what He say. Amen? He has a whole lot to say about your body. Did you know that He's for you? Do you know He's for your body? As a matter of fact, Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Rest in what He said. Rest in what He's already done. Amen. Now, if He hadn't done it, and if it wasn't finished, we got a reason to worry. But oh, thank God, it is finished. It is done. Now we got a reason to shout. Amen. We got a reason to praise. Because He said it's done. Say it with me three times. It is done. It is done. done. And it is done. done. Put your hand over your heart and say, Be it unto me me. according to your word. word. 
Now, if that'll work for your body, that'll work for your money. It will. The Bible says this. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor. Right? Did he become poor or not? For what purpose? Well, so that you through his poverty might be what? Rich. Rich is not a dirty word. Say it with me. Rich. Rich. I'm rich rich. in Christ. Christ. Now, you need to qualify what the word rich there means. The word rich means to have a full supply. Now, does that mean that we're all going to be billionaires? No. It doesn't mean we're all going to be billionaires. But what it does mean is... His eyes are upon you and he will take care of his own if we'll just believe what he said and believe it and enter into rest. Amen. Now, what has he said? He said, you're rich. So then I have no business poor mouthing it. I have no business saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to do is no longer part of my vocabulary. Well, what are we going to do if the money doesn't come? That is a license for the enemy to come in and run, run, run havoc in our lives and see to it that our needs aren't met. What are we going to do? i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to believe God. We're going to trust God. We're going to rely on Him. Hallelujah. See, I have inside information here. I got inside information inside this Bible right here, inside this blood covenant right here, inside this word. I have information. I've got God's word on it. And so do you. And God's word says this, delight yourself in the Lord. And what will he do? He will give you the desires of your heart. Do you have any desires in your heart? Well, if you will delight yourself in Him, in His Word, and in His presence, He'll give you what you need. Amen. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen. So He says, well, I know that He gave brother so-and-so the desires of his heart. I know He gave sister so-and-so the desires of her heart. Well, listen, you are as much loved as brother so-and-so is, and sister so-and-so is. You are loved by your good, good father, and there is no good thing that he will withhold from you if you will walk up rightly before him. Come on, somebody. Rest, because it's done. Mary, when she was approached by the angel, and the angel gave that word that she was to become the mother of Jesus, here's what she said, Be it, be it unto me, according to your word. I think we need to say that today. Be it. Unto me, according to what you've done. Be it unto me, according to what you have said. I believe God. And I'm entering in to the peace of God. And to the rest of God. Oh, let's lift our hands and thank Him. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Who has blessed us. Who has. 
Oh, glory to God who has blessed us. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Well, it just doesn't seem, Pastor Mark, like I can ever get a good break. Get that out of your mouth. Get that out of your tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Well, it just seems like Raul gets good breaks all the time. It just seems like Raul always is on top. Well, you're on top too. He's raised you up together. Made you sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, it just seems like Brother James gets all the favor. Thank God he is a favorite of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But you know what? You're a favorite of his too. Favor is not for select individuals. Favor is for us all. Because it is done. It is finished. And we have favor with God and with man. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you folks, the favor of God's going before you this week. And it's opening up doors that no man can shut. The favor of God is going before you and bringing increase and blessing and goodness into your life. You have favor with God and with man. Amen. Look at Psalm 5. Verse 12. Psalm 5, verse 12. Amen, amen, amen. I have favor. I've got favor. You've got favor. Say with me, I'm a favorite of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The reason you have favor is because it's finished. It's done. It is done. Psalms 5, 12. Oh, praise God. Did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Psalm 512 says, For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. Oh, Pastor Mark, I wish I was righteous. You are righteous. You just don't know about it. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because it's done. Because it's finished. Condemnation now is a thing of the past. Say to me, I've got right standing with God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because it is done. It is finished. The battle has been won. And I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Oh, we're just getting to preaching now. Glory to God. It says, for thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. Now notice this. With favor. One of the blessings and the benefits of having right standing with God and being under the grace of God is that you have favor. He will bless the righteous with favor. Now I want you to see this, folks, before we go. This favor is like a shield. It's like a shield. It's like a compass. In other words, it's all around you. Everywhere you go, you have favor. Everywhere you walk, you have favor. It's not only before you, but it's behind you. But it's not only before you and behind you, it's all around you. It's on your side. It's all over you. Woo, glory to God. That means when you go into the mall, you got favor. When you go to work tomorrow morning, you got favor. He's blessing the righteous. With favor. And the reason why he has. Because it's finished. 
those which have believed, and I'm looking at a group that believes, when they come to Him, when they wait upon Him, when they come apart, and they rest in the finished works of Christ, they enter into a glorious rest. Let me pray with you today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word today that went forth. Thank you for your help. And thank you for ministering truth to these, your sheep, your precious people. I pray, Lord God, that these words that have been spoken will not, would not fall from their hearts, but it would lodge deeply within their spirits. Help them to remember all week long that we've got the good report. And we can declare the good report of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You hear the-